You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. The glory of the candle is not in the wick and it's not in the wax. It's in the flame. Amen. And once that flame takes over, that candle dwindles away. And it's less of me and more of him. And when I burn up, praise God, hopefully before it burns out, I've imparted it to the next generation so that that flame lives on. Amen. And I'm telling you, some of you, instead of getting critical and intellectual about it, you just need to say, sign me up. I'm all in. Pastor Gary's message today is meant to light a fire in your soul, but not just any fire. He wants you to catch the lasting and powerful fire of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. He wants you to firmly attach yourself to your Heavenly Father for all you need, for guidance, for sustenance, for all your spiritual needs. Let Him use you in the way He knows will bring glory to His name and bless the world. Now here's Pastor Gary with the beginning of his message, Cut on fire from Romans 1.11. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. I want quickly to point out the fact that they were not first established and then imparted the spiritual gifts. Many today have the notion that you have to be super spiritual first before you're given gifts from the Spirit by which to operate. But that is a misconception, for it is a gift. It is not merited. It is not earned. It is given so that we can be established. Amen. But notice, first of all, it says that I may impart unto you. That word impart means to share and it also means to give over to. So it's a twofold meaning. It is to share and it is to give over to. That is the, the Greek definition. If you looked up the word impart in the Webster's Dictionary, it also implies to communicate something to. That is to give knowledge or to share wisdom, to impart this capsulizes what the ministry of the Word is designed to do, to equip the saints. And it is the process of both sharing and giving that accomplishes this objective. That is, the working together so that later we can work independently as God sends us out. But it cannot go that direction till it first happens here together. Somebody say amen. Think of, for example, the marriage of a lit candle and an unlit candle. At first, they remain together until the unlit candle is caught on fire. Then it can pull away and remain lit. And thereby, it is the same fire with an individual assignment. And so today my message is simply caught on fire. Caught on fire. 
Did you know and do you realize that the reason God has us to assemble together is so that the ministering of the Word of God would ignite our flame while we're here so that when we go out, we will carry that light into a lost and dying world. That is, God wants to impart to you some spiritual gift today whereby your ministry may be established as you go into the mission field. And when the church loses sight of that, the church begins to die. And so many times we're inward focused and we only are interested in what we can keep in-house and what we can do in the building. But God set our souls on fire today that we might go out with the same flame that we come in and get lit up with this morning. Can I get an amen, church? I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in church as usual. I mean, I am sick and tired of dead, cold, dry religion that don't crank nobody's fire, that don't get nobody going, amen. Uh, and they ain't no wonder our children are more interested in ball games uh, and they're more interested in television and they're more interested in YouTube than they are the house of God because we can get excited and we can get fired up about everything. Some of you get more fired up about a sale at Walmart than you do the blood of Jesus Christ. God forgive us as a church and help us to impart unto you something that'll light your fire and get you on fire for God. Amen. God wants to impart this to us. Think about the scripture, for example, where the Bible said the Spirit of God. You remember the day of Pentecost. And yes, it's in the Bible, so we're going to preach on it. Amen. Where the Bible said that the Spirit of God descended upon them as like a cloven tongues of fire. And I've studied that, and I've looked at that, and it dawned on me one day, the word cloven means split. Amen? That is divided. Not divided in the sense of division in the church, but divided in the fact of it was one fire, but then it was put on several individuals so that they can all go out from the same fire, which is the fire of the Spirit of God, but individually represent Him to their world and their sphere of influence. That is, God wants the fire of the Holy Spirit at work in every believer to set your tongue on fire for Jesus. A spirit-filled believer will speak up boldly for Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is, it is that you will share your faith with others. Amen. That's it. I mean, God gives us the Spirit of God by which He can equip us to communicate the gospel to our people. Amen. And if there is a language barrier, guess what? God's bigger than that too. But I'm telling you, God wants to set our tongues on fire that we might speak not in a language nobody can understand, but in a language they can clearly understand that Jesus Christ is the only hope for all of mankind. God wants to set you on fire. God wants to use you mightily. And I want the young people especially to hear me and to hear me well. Our generation and your generation may not survive without you getting caught on fire for God. 
I mean, you need to look at it. If you're under the sound of my voice, it's not an accident and it's not a coincidence. God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman. God is looking for a boy or a girl that will sell out to Jesus and then give their all to God and decide, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And though the world forsake me, I still will follow. And though none go with me, I still will follow. That's what God wants of you as a total surrender to the Lordship and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Amen, church. We need to surrender to Jesus. We need to surrender to God's will. After all, this generation has been lied to and they have forgotten or they don't even know that they were created by Jesus Christ, the very one this world rejects. Some say Jesus was just another prophet. Some say Jesus was just a good man. But I beg to differ. Jesus Christ was God Almighty robed in flesh uh, who dwelt among us. For the Bible said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then it said the Word, the same Word, capital W, because that's one of His names, uh, dwelt among us. Who is that? Uh, it's Jesus Christ. And it said by Him were all things created that were made. Uh, amen. Uh, and by Him all things consist. So the very one the devil's trying to get you to run as far away from as you can uh, is the one that created you, the one that designed you for a purpose. Uh, and the only way you're going to live a purpose-filled life is to get hooked up to your creator and find out why he put you here amen and I'm praying that the good Holy Spirit of God through this word will set you on fire for Jesus and this will be your turning point today that you'll decide not anymore will I live for myself not anymore will I bow to the pressures of culture and society but today I will follow Jesus because he's the only one that is worthy of my allegiance my admiration and my worship and my praise somebody give him some praise this morning amen Oh, he wants you to get caught on fire when he sets us on fire. We all then become messengers for Jesus under the direction of the Holy Spirit. God wants to eradicate closet Christianity from his churches today. God is not interested in participating in man-made religion that never does anything for anybody. Jesus came to capsize the boat of man-made religion. And if this kind of preaching offends you, I hate to tell you, but you would hate Jesus preaching too because I'm only repeating what I've heard him say. Amen. I'm only telling you what Jesus did preach and what the Bible does declare. And so don't get mad at the mailman for delivering your mail. Amen. Uh, he didn't create your bills, and it is not his responsibility to pay your bills. Uh, amen. He just delivers the mail, and God uh, graces us uh, by sending us a fiery preacher that will tell us the truth, whether we want to hear it or not, uh, so that the fire will burn out the dross in our lives, uh, and we will fall under Holy Ghost conviction and ask God to forgive us for our callousness, ask God to forgive us for our cold-heartedness, for our lack of participation and activity. 
activity in the things of God that God might set our souls on fire for Him. God, help us today. This impartation is done not only through communication, but through lifestyle. This is discipleship 101. And I've said it before, and I'll probably say it a thousand times more if I live long enough to preach it that many times. But you can't raise your children on this philosophy. Do as I say, not as I do. Mama and daddy, grandma and grandpa, if you want your kids and grandkids to be on fire for God, it starts with you. They need to see an example. They don't need to hear another sermon. They need to see it lived out. Amen. Because if you're fake, they will discard whatever it is you're saying. They will identify as forgery, a fraud. They will call you a fraud. And if you don't believe me, study the statistics. It is an overwhelming percentage of kids that by the time they reach college age, they check out of church. I'm talking about evangelical children raised in evangelical churches. The majority of them decide that they're going to check out and do their own thing and go the way of the world. And I can't help but wonder if it's only because when they went to church, church uh, there was no fire lit uh, when they went to church there was no candle lit there was no light there was no heat uh, to burn out the troughs there was no hot preaching uh, to call them to repentance uh, and so they came in cold and they left colder they came in dark uh, and they left even darker because the bible says if the light that's in you be darkness then how great is that darkness uh, but God turned the light on God set our souls on fire so that our children will be saved and our grandchildren will be saved and not only will they be saved but they'll get on fire for God and decide that they're going to give their life and give their resources and give their treasures to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen church. I'm telling you we got to get real and we got to quit playing games and we got to surrender and finally tell the Lord all that we're supposed to be telling him when we're confessing our sin. Who do we think we're kidding? When we come before His presence and we talk about everything but that one sin that we won't let go of. Can I preach just a minute? Amen. I've had people come to the altar knowing, Brother Ron, they was under conviction. And when I bow down, I say, how can I help you pray? Well, my mother-in-law's lost. Well, so-and-so's sick. They're dodging the issue. They don't want to really tell me why they are in the altar. Amen. And sometimes I have to say, well, where do you stand with God? Amen. Because the Bible says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to the Lord. I mean, that day is coming. You do realize that, right? I mean, inevitably, you're going to face God. And there's no way to dodge it. There's no way to hide from it. There's no way to get around it. You cannot escape him. The Bible says uh, that they'll look for a place to hide, but they won't find one. You cannot hide from the almighty hand of God. And I believe that God's calling some from our midst to rise up. 
to give their life to Jesus and to get, dedicate their life to the service of the Lord. I believe God wants to raise up missionaries among us. I believe that God wants to raise up pastors among us. I believe that God wants to raise up soul winners among us. Oh, but God's going to have to light the flame and God's going to have to help us keep it going. Amen, church? We cannot let cold-heartedness rob the day in our lives. Now, the most epic part of this whole text is the word gift. That is, it is an unmerited spiritual gift. God don't just give us salvation, but He gives us gifts that are unearned. He gives us gifts of the Spirit with which to serve. He doesn't wait until we're perfect. He ignites us so that we can be perfected in His image. Somebody say amen. That is, His gifts, listen, are not granted as trophies of spiritual accomplishment, but as tools by which to accomplish and overcome. Now, I need you to know that the reason you need the gift of the Spirit of God, now, I realize that when you're saved, you have the Spirit within you. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the overtaking of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about not just being filled with, but I'm talking about being baptized in. Uh, to be filled is to cover the inside. To be baptized is to be covered on the outside uh, to be enveloped between uh, the Spirit of God. Everywhere you go, you bump into Him. Uh, everything you do, He gets involved with. I don't know about you, uh, but I need God's Spirit to jump out of me and jump onto some of you and some of the other people that I come into contact with uh, so that God can impart this to the next generation. You know what most churches are missing today? And I'm sad to tell this to you, and I know it sounds like I'm too critical sometimes. But we are in an apostate church age. And what's missing from most of our churches today is fire in the pulpit. Right. We are missing it. And people come and they leave and they never get lit. Excuse the expression. Oh, I'm praying God will stir it. And here's what happens we excuse it away with intellectual assent. And we decide that, well, that's just emotionalism. And we define it as emotionalism. Well, give them time. That preacher will simmer down after a while. Oh, I've been preaching since I was 18. I ain't slowed down yet, but that, I give God glory for that. Amen. If anything, it's got hotter and it's got worse. Amen. <laughs> The longer I preach, the more I want to preach. And the harder I want to preach. Amen. Now, I'm telling you, the fire that God puts in you is an all-consuming, never-ending fire. When we light ourselves with the fire of man-made religion, it fizzles out quick. That's why you can get somebody to volunteer for a day or two, but they won't commit for a year. Hello? You can get somebody to commit for part-time, but listen, like my father-in-law says, God don't need no part-time help. Amen. 
God's not looking for part-time help. He's looking for committed individuals who will let God burn them up for Jesus. Because what is the glory of the candle? The glory of the candle is not in the wick and it's not in the wax. It's in the flame. Amen. And once that flame takes over, that candle dwindles away and it's less of me and more of him. And when I'm burned up, praise God, hopefully before it burns out, I've imparted it to the next generation so that that flame lives on. Amen. And I'm telling you, some of you, instead of getting critical and intellectual about it, you just need to say, sign me up. I'm all in. Because if God's so big and so powerful that he can't stir your emotions, it's not we that are the problem. Amen. Because listen to me, uh, truth will stir your emotions. It will. And emotions are not bad as long as you're not led by your emotions. Emotions are only bad when you're led by them, rather, instead of letting truth lead your emotions. Who's leading? Amen. I've been in churches where they could shout the roof off the place, but they're not one thing that was said that fed the soul. Not one thing that was said that stirred people's hearts to repent. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in putting on a show. I beg God, God, help us never to be fake. Help us never to just put on and make a good show and put on a a good show for people. That's not what this is about. And if we ever get that attitude, I pray God will strip us from every ability and every talent we got till we get our focus back to where it belongs. It's not about what we do. It's about what He wants to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. Give God some glory and praise. Caught on fire, September the 9th of 1990. You know what lit my fire? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Jesus said, you're special. <laughs> I heard about John 3.16, that God loved me as much as he loved anybody else. And if you'll read the scripture, you'll discover he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. That lights my fire. Because I know how unlovable I am. I know how, what a wreck I am. I know what a mess I can be sometimes. How in the world would God, or why in the world would God love an old wretch like me? And if that don't light your fire, I don't know what will help you. You need to get excited about the fact that God sent his son to the old rugged cross to pay for your sins. And he took the punishment that you and I deserved. And he took the very wrath of God on the cross so that if we would accept him by faith with a repentant heart, that our sins would be washed away and that we would be filled with and guided by his spirit and given purpose and being reunited with our very creator God. If that can't crank your fire, I don't know what can. Oh, God, help us to get on fire for Jesus. And yet there's some. When's that preacher going to get over? We got a Lord's Supper to do. (laughs) Go ahead and say amen, church. I want to get past this rushed frenzy that we're in. When we get to the house of God, he has a word for us. And we can't rush the Almighty. We've got a reverence and respect. Let me ask you something. If Jesus Christ were in our midst physically, would we not give him all the time that he wanted? What's the difference? He is in the house. Now, let me read you the scripture in closing that I want to direct your attention to. Second Chronicles chapter 34. And if you're 
a teenager or a young person especially, but anybody who the Lord is dealing with, I want you to pay attention to this, but look at what God can do, listen, with a teenager that has been caught on fire for Jesus. A teenager. Watch this. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 34 and verse number 1. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Wait a minute. I thought you said a teenager. It started earlier than that. <laughs> Somebody been teaching Josiah about the ways of the Lord. Because keep watching. And he reigned in Jerusalem one in 30 years. He must have had a pretty good reign. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. That is, he stayed on his mission to serve and please God. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCoddle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycottle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.